we think that a huge and unique advantage of the random sequencing is that it gives access to human DNA and RNA of clinical samples. And this will give us a unique opportunity to simultaneously test for the presence of a pathogen and for the host genetics or, or immune response. Welcome to the Illumina Genomics Podcast, where leading scientists discuss their genomics research and how genomics is shaping their understanding of science and nature. Here's your host, Paul Broman. Well, hello, I am Paul Broman, your host, and I'm also Scientific Affairs Lead at Illumina. On our podcast, you'll hear scientific and clinical experts discuss their latest breakthroughs in science and medicine and genomics. It's really my pleasure to welcome you to episode 53 today, where we'll be discussing DNA sequencing and infectious disease. Sepsis is a serious and potentially life-threatening medical condition that's often caused by a pathogenic infection of the bloodstream. Now, it's serious, and it's also alarmingly common. In fact, every year, about 1.7 million U.S. adults develop sepsis, and more than a quarter of a million of those die from it. Research shows that rapid antibiotic or other anti-infective drugs can effectively treat sepsis, and the current standard diagnostic test remains the blood culture test. In blood culture test, a blood sample is taken and incubated with specialized media to encourage the growth of any pathogenic microbe or microbes that are present in the blood. And ultimately, an additional diagnostic test is required to identify the specific pathogenic microbe. Now, this technology has been around for quite a while, and scientists have recently turned to next-generation sequencing, or NGS, to try and improve the detection of pathogenic microbes in sepsis. To talk about this today, I'm pleased to welcome Jean-Francois Brepson to the show. He is the president and chief executive officer of French genomics company PathoQuest. Listen to Jean-Francois explain how his team uses metagenomic sequencing to improve infectious disease detection. Jean-Francois, welcome to the Genomics Podcast. It's really nice to have you on the show. We met at the ECMID conference in Amsterdam, and we had a, a really nice dinner there. And I was really interested to hear you describe some of the genomics work that you and your company are doing. You are the CEO of a French company called PathoQuest. And your team is using a kind of genomics approach in order to detect infectious diseases in individuals. And we're going to talk about that today. But before we talk about that technology, I'd like you to just briefly introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about PathoQuest. Sure. And hi, Paul. And, and, and thank you for having me here today. I've joined PathoQuest in 2015 for, uh, I would say, the scale-up phase of the company. This company has been created in, in 2010, and this is a, a spin-out of Institut Pasteur, based in Paris, and uh, we are very proud of this uh, heritage. Personally, I'm an engineer by, by training, and I spent around 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry. I would say I'm passionate about 
innovation in healthcare, in innovation for, for patient care. And I believe I should, I should have a entrepreneurial gene somewhere. And this CEO role, you know, is the perfect opportunity to, to realize what, what I'm best at. So building a team for success, pushing the, the boundaries to create totally new solutions for the medical community and, of course, ultimately the, for the patients. So regarding PathoQuest, briefly, as you said, we are a genomic expert company dedicated to microbiology testing. And this is very important. We are not doing any oncology stuff. This is clearly a clear focus on, on microbiology testing. We have developed a, a game-changing metagenomic approach to improving pathogen detections in different biological samples. And we combine DNGS platform with proprietary sample preparation and with proprietary pathogen genome sequencing database and automated pipeline. Let's talk a little bit about the scale of the problem in infectious disease and, you know, and why you're involved in this space. So when I say infectious disease, I think a lot of our listeners are probably aware of the issue of antibacterial drug resistance, right? There's this awareness that the drugs we have used traditionally, mainly to treat bacterial infections, they're becoming less effective over time in some cases. But beyond the issue of drug resistance, what are the other medical challenges that we face in infectious disease? You know, what are the current challenges and why do you think new detection technologies are necessary in this space? Prior to joining PathoQuest with the achievement in, in the treatment of HIV, for example, I thought that everything has been done in infectiology and that oncology was really the space for innovation. And now we have started to, to understand the close link between microbes and, and our health, the concepts of healthy microbes and the, the effects of their disbalance or interactions with our bodies and, and organs. So I think it's, it's truly fascinating and there's so much to, to discover here. Maybe more specifically answer to your question regarding uh, medical challenges, I, I would like to pick up the, uh, the sepsis issues, for, for instance, which is, I would say, number one, emergency from a medical perspective. And uh, we know that there's always a, an infectious component and patients who can rapidly receive uh, an effective antimicrobial regimen, they, they have, of course, a, a better outcome. And I wanted to, on this, to, to mention a few, few numbers and we know, for instance, that one in three patients who die in the hospital have sepsis. And, the, and in the US, we have made the calculation, this is approximately 270,000 Americans each year. That's a massive number. It's massive. And it is more than lung cancer, breast cancer, and AIDS combined. And regarding the cost, it is around 13% of total US hospital cost. And the bill is superior to $23 billion. So I think that infectiology is clearly the new frontier for disruptive technologies like sequencing. Really. How are the current technologies doing in detecting the pathogenic microbes that lead to sepsis? Indeed, regarding specifically the, the diagnosis of uh, bloodstream infection, I would say it is incredible to, to realize that today the gold standard is still uh, the culture of organisms. After two centuries and first experiences of Louis Pasteur, and we know what we do respect, of course, very much at PathoQuest, Louis Pasteur, we believe that there's a space to provide better solution of identifications directly from blood. So the techno has many merits, but is very time consuming. I think minimally we could say that it takes 12 hours for detections only. 
And uh, the changes to find microorganisms, the changes to, to find the microorganisms are quite limited, especially if we consider the, the volume of blood tested. And I would say that most of the time, there's only one microbe which is detected. And uh, then the general idea that bloodstream infections are monomicrobial, which is more and more contradicted by metagenomic sequencing results. And all the observations we made in studies, and that makes direct comparison to blood cultures results challenges, is that the faster-growing pathogens may outcompete slower-growing ones, masking their presence. So this is especially problematic if you have fast grower that was not originally in the patient's blood, but got introduced in the blood culture battle through contamination, for instance, during the, the blood collection process. It could be microbe leavings on the skin. In that case, the blood culture provides not really useful information and maybe, in addition, create some diagnostic confusion. If we look at the consequence of this very poor identification rate, today physicians, they, they are prescribing a cocktail of broad-spectrum antibiotics to mitigate the absence of confirmed uh, esterological diagnosis. And this approach, of course, is uh, one very expensive, I would say, and harmful to the patient. Organ toxicity, allergic reactions, destruction of protective microbiome, Clostridium difficile infections in some cases. And of course, it drives uh, multi-drug resistance at the population level. And this is just basically due to the fact that the approaches are not able to identify, in all cases, the particular microbe that's causing the infection. Absolutely. To kind of combat that, you and your colleagues at PathQuest are using a metagenomic platform. So can you describe that metagenomic platform technology kind of briefly? What does the workflow look like? Sure. So... As I have said, so we have built one metagenomic platform and we have selected two applied markets, as we say. The first one is what we are discussing right now is really uh, infectious disease diagnosis. So we have developed a test. The name of the test is IDTech Blood, which provides microbiologists and clinicians with a comprehensive analysis covering all known clinically relevant human pathogens. And this is bacteria and virus in our V1 of the test. And this could be extended to fungi and the panel of antibiotic resistant genes in the V2, currently under development. And this test got the CIVD mark in Europe, which is very important. So that, that the first applied market. But it is, I think, important for the listeners to know that we have selected another application, which is biological drugs testing. So here we do offer biopharmaceutical companies a completely new approach to, to secure and they risk the production of biologics like vaccines, recombinant proteins, and cell and gene therapies. I'm thinking about CAR T cells, for instance. So our service is currently used by a growing number of pharma companies, biotech companies. I think today we have a bit more than 40 companies working with us for the testing, for viral safety testing, for instance. That's really interesting. I didn't know about that. So what you're doing, you're basically trying to quality control biologic products for human drugs, right? So can you describe a little bit about how that, I mean, what is your sample in that case? And are you applying the same workflow to those samples as you're applying to the human samples for infectious disease testing? Yeah, so back to the to the workflow and how it does work. First of all, we are, we are sequencer uh, agnostics. So we are developing our solution on several sequencers that are available uh, today. So we have developed 
proprietary sample preparation using commercially available kits and reagents. We have filed the IP for the sample preparation. And of course, we have our own databases and software pipelines. The turnaround time is from 24 hours to 48 hours, depending on the sample preparation. Now we have an automated sample preparation, so it's closer to 24 hours. And more specifically regarding our solution for infectious disease diagnosis, our approach is very specific because we are looking at living organisms to provide actionable information to the microbiologist and clinician. And this approach is different from the cell-free DNA approach that can, by definition, identify only DNA organisms. So with our approach, we are identifying DNA and RNA viruses, for instance, like hepatitis, which is very important. And we don't have the risk to identify traces of previous infections because we get rid of cell-free DNA in our approach to be sure that we are going to detect DNA and RNA from, from living organisms. And on top of that, we have selected a decentralized model. It means that we are in collaboration with with key hospitals, with uh, labs in, in those hospitals. And it is true in France and in the US because this is the two countries where we are focusing our efforts today. You guys published a really interesting study recently in the journal Clinical Microbiology and Infection. I would tell the title of the article, but it's a little bit long. So I'll just say if any of our listeners are interested in reading more about this clinical study, you can find it by using PubMed ID 281-92237. So at a kind of high level, you're using this metagenomic technology that, that you just described to try to detect pathogenic microbes from human blood in this case. So you're trying to determine if it's possible to use this NGS-based genomics approach, diagnose infections, in particular in immunocompromised individuals, which I think is really interesting. It's, I think it's not something we typically think about in this space. So can you spend just a few minutes telling us a little bit more about this particular patient population? I mean, what is the risk of infection in immunocompromised individuals? What types of infections do they typically get? And do the current assays, we talked about blood culture, do they do a good job of detecting infectious disease in this particular population? The immunocompromised patients, you know, they, they have by definition a very weak immune system due to chemotherapy, for instance. Therefore, it's clearly a population at risk of infection. Turning what is an inoffensive microbe for a normal patient into a potential life-threatening pathogen. So these patients currently, they receive many antibiotics over extended periods in order to, to keep infections at bay, but largely, I would say, in a trial and error mode. So the antibiotics even ironically make them more vulnerable to infections. And this during the entire of the hospital's stay. So because there are so many microbes in our living spaces, it is impossible to cover all microbes that form a threat in a fixed diagnostic panel because we don't know what one is, is looking for. So due to this agnostic approach of the non-targeted simultaneous sequencing of all microorganisms, and subsequent identification through sophisticated and, 
and highly annotated bioinformatics algorithm, the NGS results, can be very comprehensive. And this is our choice. And in this study, you're comparing the NGS approach with the current standard blood culture approach. Can you just tell us just briefly how you structured the study? I mean, what types of individuals did you include in the study? And what were some of the clinical endpoints that you were measuring? So it was a study performed in, in Paris at Hospital Necker, one of the most prestigious hospitals in France, I would say. And we have recruited 101 immunocompromised patients suspected of an infection. It was an adult population. And we had three main uh, subgroups, around a little bit more than one-third. They had chemotherapy due to a cancer. 20% they had graft and immune-suppressive treatment and around 20% stem cell transplantation. And regarding the primary outcome measure, it was the detection rate of clinically relevant pathogens with our approach, with the NGS approach, compared with, with standard methods. Interesting. Talk about the results of the study. So how did the NGS-based metagenomic testing compare with blood culture testing? I mean, did you find differences in the performance of those two approaches in detecting particular infectious agents? Yes, of course. And, and that's the reason why we, we decided to continue the journey and continue to generate new, new data. So after a medical adjudication of the results of the findings, the NGS-based approach was able to identify in three times more patients a relevant pathogen, which is a, a remarkable result. We had on top of that very interesting negative predicted value of the NGS. It was around 97%, which can say that potentially we have here a nice rule out test. How are you following up on this study? What are, what are your plans for the future? Yes, so based on those promising results, we decided to continue to generate new data showing in particular clinical utility and health economic benefits of this approach. And, and this is key in particularly in Europe regarding reimbursement. So we have selected a more narrow population, febrile neutropenic patients in hemato-oncology, having leukemia or stem cell transplantation. And as well, we have selected infectious endocarditis in cardiology for those studies that are running now in France, in hospitals in Paris and in Lyon, and in the US at the, the Mayo Clinic in New York and Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. The results should be communicated very soon, I would say, in the coming months. Thinking about as well the, the future, we are planning to expand beyond blood as a biological sample. And of course, there are short list of other biological samples of interest, like BAL, bronchoalveolar lavage, could be um, cerebral spinal fluid, CSF, biopsy. So a lot to be done to have a real portfolio of metagenomic tests. Do you think that NGS-based approaches one day will supplant these culture-based testing approaches for infectious disease? I mean, what are we likely to see in the future in infectious disease testing? I really think that it is very likely that the constant improvement in, in NGS will quickly expand its clinical utility and impact. And it's true from biology, bioinformatic perspectives, but it is true as well through more powerful sequencers or customized sequencers about long read, short read, etc. The untargeted NGS sequencing, we believe, will dominate infectious disease diagnostic in wards with immunocompromised patients and critically ill patients. 
you know, those patients, they are very fragile with a very high cost from three to 5,000 euros or, or dollars per day of hospitalization. But beyond this, our vision is we believe that the NGS, of course, has demonstrated its medical benefits by decreasing the proportion of undiagnosed patients. But we think that a huge and unique advantage of the random sequencing is that it gives access to human DNA and RNA of clinical samples. And this will give us a unique opportunities to simultaneously test for the presence of a pathogen and for the host genetics or, or immune response. That's big. And as I've mentioned, I think that infectious disease is clearly the new frontier for NGS. And we believe that we are really only at the beginning of the story. That's wonderful. Jean-Francois, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really fascinating discussion. I think it's really exciting. The future that you paint for me and for our listeners is, is really a great one. So I wish you the best of luck with your work at PathoQuest. Thanks for taking the time and joining us. And thanks for being a guest on the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for the invitation. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like today's show, why not subscribe to the Genomics Podcast? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite smart speaker. Just ask for the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Join me next time when I'll be talking with Dr. Ramunaj Dasgupta, group leader at the Genome Institute of Singapore. We'll be discussing single-cell RNA sequencing and precision oncology right here on the Illumina Genomics Podcast. <laughs>